Hey folks, this is Doug Thornell, uh, and I'm joined by my partner in crime, Adrienne Elrod, and she's down in Miami, Florida, where she was on site for the two Democratic debates. Elrod, what's cooking? How's it How's it going down there? You know, it's going well. It felt really good to sort of be back with the gang, as I call it. Um, a lot of my friends, a lot of my former colleagues from Hillary Clinton's campaign and from past campaigns are now working on various presidential um, campaigns this cycle. So it's just great to be reunited with folks. And, you know, it was also just good to, you know, have a couple days of conversation that were more focused on the trajectory of our country and the way various candidates want to go about tackling some of the big issues like health care, education, jobs in the economy, as opposed to just, you know, hearing about from Donald Trump and his, you know, variety of insults on a daily basis. So it was nice to have Democrats dominate the news cycle for a couple days. And I got to tell you, Doug, I feel pretty darn good about the state of the Democratic Party and all of the incredible candidates that we have running um, for the presidency. Me too. Me too. I think there we saw on both nights a number of people who can go toe to toe with with Donald Trump. So Democrats should feel pretty good about that. This is going to be a long fight, though. Um, and to help help us break down the two debates is our friend and ace reporter from The New York Times, Jonathan Martin. Uh, Jay Mart is uh, also hey uh, Jay Mart's Yay. down in uh, Florida uh, and. Um, Really appreciate you joining us this morning yeah. to talk us through how you think uh, the debates unfolded, who did well, who didn't, and uh, where do we go from here. So just let's let's start with your initial impressions of night one sure. and night two. Well, it's a lot of candidates, obviously, 20 candidates in two nights. It, it's a bit overwhelming, uh, especially trying to uh, make sense of it all on uh, unforgiving print deadlines. Um, but clearly the, uh, the, the biggest storyline coming out of this uh, – back-to-back introductory debate session was Kamala Harris's decision to target Joe Biden like she did. You know, know, your listeners um, who follow politics very closely uh, are aware that the Harris supporters have been uh, sort of eyeing Biden for months now, in large part because he's effectively sitting on voters that that they need, uh, namely African-American voters, who really are what, what is helping to drive Biden's lead in the polls right now. Um, so it wasn't terribly surprising that she had him in mind. I think what was striking was just how forcefully she went after him and on such a sort of deeply personal matter, invoking her own experience, um, uh, you know, uh, being bust for purposes of integration. Um, and, you know, it's a bit of multidimensional chess, guys, right? Because she obviously wanted to sort of start chipping away at Biden's advantage with African-Americans. But there was a third person involved in that conversation who wasn't on stage last night, and that's Elizabeth Warren. You know, the Kamala folks have been watching the rise of Warren with some uh, concern the last uh, six weeks. And, you know, she you know, not only is wanting to sort of confront Biden, but also she doesn't want to have Warren emerge as the sort of chief Biden alternative here uh, the summer before the primary. So, you know, she had a couple of priorities last night in mind. When she did what was obviously a sort of really, um, you know, uh, well-planned, thought-out, crafted uh, offensive strategy against Biden, it was sort of fascinating to watch unfold. Uh, she made her own luck by interjecting it in that moment. 
Um, but she, you know, I think she, she had two candidates in mind when she was doing that. Uh, certainly, her, her, her campaign did. Uh, Biden uh, and Warren. What is, so? Give, give me your assessment of Joe Biden's performance. Um, you know, a lot of people are talking about obviously how well Kamala did. My my yeah. impression from if you t- my view is if you look at the entire night, I thought Joe Biden did fine. The in, the 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 yeah. the the interact the sort of back and forth he had with Kamala. She, you know, that was her moment. I don't think he, yeah. I don't think he did a particularly bad job there. Um, and if you look at some other moments throughout the debate, I think he showed a lot of humanity, emotion. Yeah. Uh, you know, he certainly did. He certainly demonstrated that. I think he would he would do fine against with with against Donald Trump. But I'm I'm just curious what's your take on how Joe Biden did? Yeah. Look, I think overall he was he was okay. I I don't think that he stood out. Uh, in a way that anybody could call sort of commanding performance, but having seen him speak a bunch of times recently in public, I don't think he was as frankly as bad as he has been at other moments here recently. Um, but as you guys know, the challenge from these debates is that oftentimes what's remembered in the days and weeks afterwards are moments. It's not the sort of totality of the debate. Right. It's, it's sort of what what is sort of played again and again on cable and obviously we know darn sure what's going to be played on cable and um that was um that was her choice Kamala made um and by the way you know she started with so much promise earlier this year 20,000 people in Oakland and there were such high expectations for her campaign and she really struggled to sort of figure out her place in the field she's had a number of self-inflicted errors and you know she needed guys to change the conversation and I don't think that this is without risk, by the way. Um, you know, as, as mm-hmm. you know, when you go on the offensive in politics like that, especially in a kind of introductory moment, you know, you can do some damage to your rival, but it doesn't always redound to your benefit, at least not entirely. Yeah, yeah. Well, the yeah, question Jonathan, is how... Go ahead, Adrian. I was going to say, Jonathan, I'm glad that you mentioned that because, you know, I... It was interesting, you know, if you looked at Twitter last night, um, and it's going to be interesting to see what some of the early polls that come out of the um, both both nights of the debate, what they show in terms of um, the overall electorate, the Democratic Party electorate, where they believe the candidate stood. But, you know, I got, you know, these, uh, you know, text messages from my girlfriends who work in politics who were saying, oh, my gosh, Kamala's on fire. She's amazing. You know, how outstanding was she? And then I got text messages from pretty progressive Democrats, 73 years old, um, lives in Arkansas, who said, you know, I um, kind of found that offensive what she did to Joe Biden because um, I don't think he's racist. And, um, and you know, she certainly made it clear that she doesn't think he's racist, but, you know, she's been a long time having that conversation and, and engaging there. So, I think it's interesting to get right. different perspectives from people because, again, if yeah. you look at Twitter, and this is what Biden's campaign has been very good about doing, they've been saying this campaign is not going to be um, fought and won on Twitter. It's going to be fought and won. That's right. Um, by That's right. American now, it's a very important point. Very important point. There's definitely uh, different elements of the, the Democratic electorate, and Twitter is largely liberal, largely anti-Biden, uh, and I think the kind of response reflected that. I think Biden's challenge is the sort of totality of, you know, being attacked by Harris, some of his own self-inflicted errors, I think creates sort of headwinds for him um, that that could make it 
a more difficult summer than they would have they would have planned. But the, look, there is no question, guys, that Harris's choice to do this, um, you know, did come with some risk. You know, yes, she sort of sort of um, reinvigorated her campaign, drew attention to herself, and probably raised a good amount of money online. Um, but it's, but you know, it's also going to raise expectations. And it's a reminder that she is really good when she has a plan, when, when she goes into a, a hearing, a debate, a speech um, with a kind of well-honed argument, right? She's a prosecutor uh, in that sense. Her challenge is that when she is not um, working from a, a plan and she's on her feet and speaking extemporaneously, that's when she struggles. So I think the challenge for, for Harris going forward is, yes, you've proven that, that you can sort of prosecute an argument that you crafted in advance, but can you perform as a candidate on your feet uh, when you're faced with questions that you don't have an answer ready for? Let's uh, let's go uh, to some other candidates and how they did. Yeah. Mayor Pete yeah. uh, Buttigieg, yeah. um, what, do you, what do you think of his performance last I, I thought he was not terribly prominent on that stage. I, you know, I thought he had some good moments with crispy answers that his supporters will like. But for somebody who is facing some real challenges trying to expand his coalition beyond, let's be frank, you know, mostly upscale white liberals, I'm not sure that he did much to, to help that cause last night. He's a really fascinating case because he's going to raise a heck of a lot of money. A lot of Democrats say he'll be second this quarter after Biden. And he's in the race for the long haul. But I'm just not sure that he is going to be capable of broadening his his support. And there's a long history, guys, in Democratic primaries of candidates who largely appeal to upscale uh, white progressives. And um, as of right now, I'm not sure that he's going to be able to sort of break out of that uh, that trajectory. Yeah, I yeah, thought, I agree. I, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say the one one thing on Pete that I thought he did, I, I was looking for, and he did, is he showed some humanity uh, on the issue of uh, Eric Logan's shooting and yeah. um, emotion. And I think that's yep. what some people were looking for out of him. He's very yeah. cerebral. Yeah. What he did there, I felt like, was genuine in, in terms of how yes. he talked about the matter. He he admitted yes. he failed, uh, which is right. never hear a politician do. Yeah. Now, yeah. how that ultimately is interpreted by people by African Americans, which is critical that he starts build, getting some building some inroads. We'll see. But that was a I thought a genuine moment, and um, I give him credit for how he handled that answer. Yeah, yeah. Look, I, I think he, he kind of um, had to. Uh, some contrition there and, 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 some, and some humanity, and he certainly did. Um, I'm just not sure it's going to help him kind of broaden his appeal uh, on the same night that Kamala Harris did what she did. And after, uh, you know, Cory Booker obviously introduced himself to uh, millions of voters. Yeah, and I was going to say, going back to Mayor Pete, I do think after the really difficult week that he's had with the um, with the shooting in South Bend and um, issues over racial tensions there, I think having sort of a non-overly flashy debate performance probably yeah. served him well. Mm -hmm. I don't know that you really see that, him a move yep. a lot of polls, but I think he kind of stays stable to an extent. Um, I'd like to talk about uh, the first debate really quickly, which I know was – Certainly not as exciting as the second debate. 
But, J-Mart, I'd like to get your thoughts on Secretary Castro, somebody who's been in the race. I think he got in in January or, you know, very yeah. early in, in the cycle and maybe February. But he has been somebody that we have not heard a lot from. However, he's also somebody who's been putting out policies, um, you know, the pretty detailed policies that um, he's put them out and, and yeah. you know, and, and people just simply aren't covering them. Um, yeah. How do you think he is going to fare going forward? Um, do you think he's going to move up in the polls? Do you think that this sort of puts him on the map? What are your thoughts there? Yeah, well, certainly it's going to help be a, a short-term infusion of money, and that, uh, that's clear. Um, again, I go back to kind of what I said about Kamala going after Biden. You know, does that kind of offensive you know, draw blood from the other candidate? Uh, you know, the one who's on the receiving end, in this case, Beto O'Rourke. Absolutely. I'm not sure that it necessarily helps Castro in the long run or even in the sort of medium term. Um, it, it helps him get in the conversation a little bit. Um, people are going to be curious now what he has to say in the next debate. Um, I just don't know if it's going to make him a kind of top-tier candidate, um, but it certainly elevates his uh, his profile and sort of puts him into the conversation in a way he really hasn't been. Guys, by the way, he was the first candidate to announce. Um, keep that in mind. He announced the calendar year 2018. So he's been around for a while and kind of hasn't, hasn't broken through. But, you know, as with Kamala, you make a choice uh, that you introduce yourself to a, a sort of national audience by basically going on offense against one of your rivals. You're going to get to the conversation, but not everybody's going to like it, you know. Right. Let's go. Uh, I, I wanted to go back to last night, just real quick, and Bernie Sanders, uh, I, it seemed like he was less of a factor in this yeah, debate yeah. than many people thought. Yeah, he I didn't agree. do anything. I agree. I don't think he did anything bad, but what, what I actually was, I, what I actually thought was effective that you saw some people like Michael Bennett was people, the more pragmatic candidates were going yeah. pretty hard against Bernie and his ideas. What, what was your take on, on Bernie? Uh, he, uh, Bernie is facing a kind of mortal threat from Senator Warren, uh, who's vying for yeah. uh, you know other other liberal voters, and he doesn't seem to have really changed his message that much. You know, his campaign has sort of turned to this electability argument. They're often citing the polls that show him beating Trump in a general election. And Bernie made one passing reference to that when he was pressed, um, but it's not something that he's focused on because Bernie wants to come back to Bernie's bread and butter, which is the political uh, revolution and his vision of of, um, of populism, and that's what he did last night. It's just that he's reading from a hymnal that, that a lot of folks can, can sort of speak from heart by now. And look, his base loves that, and you know he's got a sort of solid, uh, you know, cadre of support. He's got a, he's, he's got a stable floor. I just don't know if he can elevate his ceiling. You know. Yeah, I, I agree. I feel like he was kind of, um, you know, he, he it didn't seem like he prepared a lot for the debate, first of all. And secondly, I yeah. just don't know um, the, the stick that he used in 2016 as the only yeah. really, besides Martin O'Malley, <laughs> the only other candidate right. really running against Hillary Clinton. I'm not sure that that stick is going to um, really work for him this cycle. And it's going to be interesting to see how much of his, you know, where he stands in the polls and how much of his voters um, go to people like Elizabeth Warren and Kamala Harris and perhaps right. others. But by the way, I'd, I'd like sure. to talk really quickly. I know, Jay Mart, you're pressed for time. 
I'd like to talk really quickly about Elizabeth Warren's performance and get your thoughts yeah. on yeah. how she performed uh, during the first debate. Yeah, I thought she was um, solid. Speaking of getting her message off, she certainly did that uh, time and time again. Um, I thought she was better in the first part of it. And obviously, they turned to other candidates in the second half, uh, which wasn't obviously her fault. But um, look, I think she, she was she was good. I think she solidified her status as a top tier candidate. I just think coming out of this, um, the conversation is going to be, be about Harris and Biden. Yeah. How much do you think? I mean, I was thinking about this last night. I mean, for these next set of debates in Detroit, you know, how much is it going to be important that you end up on the second night? I mean, to me, that seemed one of the things takeaways from yeah. this, too. It's like, we don't even remember <laughs> a Warren's performance or Cory Booker, I thought, was exceptional the yeah. first night. At least, you know, yeah. had a, finally crafted a good moment for it, for him and his campaign. Right. And uh, But we it's now sort of forgotten, and, and in part because of, you know, the exchange between Kamala and Biden. But it, right. I think it shows how no, important the second night is. Yeah, these debates are, are, are captured in moments, guys. There's, there's no question about it. That's oftentimes what, what lingers for months and even years ahead. Um, Beto O'Rourke, there, there's a lot, you know, there's been a lot of talk about the exchange between him and Castro yeah. uh, and then his overall performance. Um, yeah. what, what are your thoughts on, on, on him and, and his campaign? He's struggling to find his rationale still. Um, you know, somebody who's got, you know, obviously rhetorical gifts, but who, I don't think it was sort of meant for him on that came to the debate stage like that. And also somebody who I don't think was was sort of going into this thing, assuming that Castro would, would frontally attack him like he did. And obviously he didn't he didn't sort of come prepared for that. Um Yeah, look I, I it's a long campaign, it's for who knows what what can happen, but um I think he's still trying trying to find his place in this race and he still kinda has the Air of somebody who caught fire last year and is trying to kind of still, you know, mix metaphors right that way, you know. Right, right. Well, J Mart, we know you got to catch a flight, uh, and we really appreciate you joining the electable. Thanks, guys. This has been a Thank great, you, Jonathan. Uh, we appreciate great breakdown guys, of the debate. Thanks for having me next time in person. Look forward to it. Definitely. Yes. Next time in person, yeah. get some sleep Bye. this weekend. I know you have not all slept right. all week. <laughs> all right. Well, for my partner in crime, Adrian Elrod, um, this has been The Electables. Adrian, get home safe, by the way. Thank you, Doug. This has been The Electables, and we'll catch you next time.